For all of the hype around Qianhai, the actual benefits that Qianhai will produce are very much in doubt. Many econometric studies have sought to quantify the benefits of projects like Qianhai, but serious design problems make these studies almost completely unusable. One example of such a study is Zhang et al.'s 2009 study where they supposedly find a Guangdong effect of deepening integration in the Pearl River Delta region. And what their regression analysis shows is that GDP per capita as well as productivity growth as proxied by total factor productivity increases with further access to mainland markets with an uh, overall increase in trade in the Guangdong region. These benefits decrease with manufacturing, suggesting that a focus on manufacturing sectors nowadays actually hobbles growth. And the model looks reasonably well developed with a proportion of variance explained at roughly 70 to 73 percent. In this particular case, the model doesn't control for outside factors, and thus the benefits found in this study seem very dubious. Other studies purport to show similar gains. In figure 8 from our paper, we show the results of research looking at changes in nominal GDP as new high-tech development zones appear on the mainland. And what these studies supposedly show is that as China makes these new high-tech development zones, we see relatively significant increases in nominal GDP from even the run-up to the development of these zones, reaching their summit about 10 years after the development of these zones, and proceeding up until roughly 20 years on. The appearance of these zones usually coincides with larger scale reforms because the Chinese government has to adopt liberalization measures in order to allow these zones to develop. Contributing to the discussion of these increasing benefits, other studies purport to show similar gains. As this study proposedly shows, the Closer Economic Partnership Agreement, which fundamentally represents a free trade agreement in the Pearl River Delta area, supposedly contributed to relatively large increases in GDP growth in the previous years. These authors show the actual growth rate experienced in the region compared with growth that would have occurred without this partnership. And supposedly, according to their Monte Carlo simulation, the SEPA increased growth from 4 to 6% over the time period. Yet, studies like this suffer because they do not consider extraneous factors when trying to look at the real effects that closer integration in the region has caused. Thus, the mass media assumes that Qinhai will automatically result in economic and innovation gains. Much of the econometric analysis purportedly shows that increasing trade and integration in the region stimulates growth. Yet, we don't have any reliable econometric studies actually showing the effects of deeper innovation policy and trade policy in the region. As such, we really don't know what effect Qianhai would have either on Shenzhen and Hong Kong's economies or on innovation in the region.
Naturally, Chin High has its own costs associated with the development. We show the layout of Chin High as a real estate project. And as we see from artist renditions, the Chin High project expands across a wide area with surface area of roughly a 15,000 kilometers squared. The project's total budget naturally depends on the source consulted, yet most of these estimates seem to center around 11 billion US dollars. And the project should create a commercial developable area of roughly 3.6 million meters squared and residential area of almost twice that amount at 6.5 million meters squared. The region has an estimated total population of roughly a quarter million people, showing that the project's population certainly doesn't measure up to those in Hong Kong and Shenzhen. Nevertheless, the region should house a relatively large number of businesses and employees working in those businesses. By simply going down the list of activities that the Qinhai Authority and other local planners have developed, we put spending on Qinhai as a real estate project of roughly 35 billion Hong Kong dollars. And the division of that spending comes to roughly 4 to 1 in capital versus labor's favor. As such, we expect spending on the order of 30 billion Hong Kong dollars over the next two years and hiring of labor at roughly 4 to 5 billion Hong Kong dollars. If economic planners see a bright future in Qianhai, then outside observers similarly forecast this bright future. The figure we see in front of us shows world media mentions of Qinhai as opposed to Chinese innovation in general. As most of you know, China's innovation has been much discussed in recent years, and the common consensus developing is that China is starting to develop its own innovation system. Yet despite the tremendous excitement generated over China's overall innovation for the entire country, we see that mentions on a month-by-month -month basis of Qinhai well outstrip those mentions of innovation in general for the entire country. Thus, if experts predict Qinhai's success, then media observers around the world predict similar success. Yet, despite these predictions of success, nothing in the current plan suggests a revolutionary approach. In other words, simply going down Qinhai's plan, one might expect this is just another neighborhood development similar to those already underway in Hong Kong and Shenzhen.